Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Breaking new ground has been our vision for this year as Venture Church. We've been doing acts as a series, as a book of the Bible, but breaking new ground has not changed. Nadine, how have you broken new ground? Big deal, big deal. Ray, how are you breaking new ground? Awesome, awesome. Who else would like to volunteer their answer? Toby. (laughs) Whoop, whoop, always a big one. Always a big one. So today we're looking at Acts 4 from verse 23 to 31. I think you can go on to the scripture, Kayla. You're the best. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand on the rulers and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We are looking at the spirit of boldness in Acts 4. Earlier in Acts 3 is where Peter and John healed the lame man by the gate called Beautiful. In the temple, they were sharing the good news of Jesus. And then beginning of Acts 4 is where the priests, temple guard, and Sadducees seized Peter and John and threw them in jail. They called them the next day so that they can give an account and an explanation of why they did what they did. And filled with the Holy Spirit, once again, Peter preached to them. Hilarious. Acts 4 verse 13 says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men were with Jesus. They warned them to no longer speak to anyone in this name, to which Peter and John replied, we have to listen to God. Do we listen to man or to God? You decide. And after some more threats, they couldn't decide how to punish them and let them go. And at the same time, the people were also praising God for the lame man that was healed, well, for the healing. Probably not the man, but for the healing of the lame man. So after being threatened, the disciples returned to their own group to pray, and they told them all the chief priests and elders had said to them. 
When they had heard the story, with one accord, they lifted up their voice to God. This is an amazing prayer recorded in the Bible. How interesting that not once did they pray for the resistance to stop or the persecution to stop. Not once did they pray for God to smite his enemies. They prayed that the Lord will enable them to speak his word with great boldness and that he would stretch out his hand to continue to heal and perform signs and miracles. The disciples asked for more boldness, more power. So technically what they asked for is more trouble. Their request for more boldness to effectively speak God's word was consumed with God's cause and glory and not for their uh, comfort and popularity. For God's cause, not for their comfort. They asked for things that would lead to more confrontation, not less. Don't you find that interesting? I feel like when I'm faced with something like that, like, oh Lord, you can smite your enemies. I already stand victorious. You take them down. Who asks for more boldness? Gosh, who? <laughs> One of the things that should give us spiritual boldness is knowing that God has chosen us, each and every one of us. Look to the person next to you. Do it now. Behind you, Belinda, or Toby. You have Toby, Belinda, you have Toby. No, continue to look at them. And say, I am chosen. Continue to look at them and say, you are chosen. Boom. You and you and you and you are each chosen for a divine assignment. It's like those army posters, your country needs you, we want you. <laughs> Despite the odds or adversity, just knowing he has called us should give us the boldness to know that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Ephesians 3 verse 11 to 12 says, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Confidence in God and his word gives us boldness to be about kingdom business. God didn't even leave us as orphans when Jesus ascended. He gave us the Holy Spirit to show that we are his. He sealed us with the Holy Spirit. We cannot step into boldness without the Holy Spirit. And Acts shows us that. Acts 1 verse 8 reminds us that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us and we will be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I believe the disciples had an understanding of this mission and dear friends, this mission has not changed. This access to boldness has not changed. But I think there's some things that can hinder us from walking in this boldness. 
sin that so easily entangles, who we listen to, our prayer life, how and what we pray, and our thought life, four things, or four things, because we generally speak and do what's in our thoughts. Let's look at sin. No, don't look at sin. Run away, run in the opposite direction. Don't look at sin. Hebrews 12 verse one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How beautiful the pictures this morning to stay in our lane. Let's run our race. We are to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What is the sin that so easily entangles? It's the sin of unbelief. Because unbelief can become an unbearable weight, an, an unbearable weight on our heart which harbors fear and chokes out faith. Because where fear rises, faith diminishes. When trust in God begins to wobble, it is unbelief that delays our progress. When we allow seeds of doubt to take root and grow, it renders us impotent in our Christian walk and taints our testimony. Therefore, it is of utmost importance for us to make the decision to lay aside all seeds of doubt and unbelief and to shake off everything that ensnares and hinders us so that we can pursue the path that God has purposed for us and to continue with steadfastness the race that is set before us. That is the sin that can hinder us from stepping out in boldness. And let us throw it off. Who do we listen to when wanting to step out in boldness? Proverbs 23 verse 12 says, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. I don't think boldness makes sense to most people. Welcoming trouble for the sake of the gospel is such a crazy thought and so against the grain of how we think and do things in today's time. Growing up, parents will generally teach their children to stay out of trouble and to stay away from trouble, not to welcome it. And welcome it boldly. Do we love the Lord with everything, in everything, and through everything? Nadine shared the same scripture last week from Matthew 22, verse 36 to 38. Teacher, which is, which is the greatest command? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. Do we love the Lord with everything, in everything, and through everything? If we love the Lord with everything, then what he has to say, well, that was high, what he has to say, <laughs> even disappeared, what he has to say is extremely important. He is the only one that is all-knowing. He is the only one with the greatest knowledge that you could ever imagine. Do we first turn to him in prayer, or do we run to everyone else or even to Google for advice. Tyra and Daniel have said, God loves you, the devil hates you, and everyone has a plan for you. 
which means we need to be careful who lends an ear, partnered with advice, and who we listen to. This is why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with like-minded people. That after we, we first went to God in situations and about the mission in prayer, these friends will equally pray for us and lend godly advice as they first prayed to God. We need to be encouragers who encourage our brothers and sisters to take bold steps, especially in the face of persecution, as this was the example said before us. We cannot listen to fear and doubt. Verse 24 of Acts 4 says, when they heard about the persecution, they, they raised their voices together in prayer. Not once does it say, they stood back and go like, you're shame, hectic. You should probably stop. No, they welcomed it. They celebrated it. Raised their voices together in prayer. And say, oh Lord, gosh, what they planned for evil, you mean for good. The third thing that can prevent us or hinder us from stepping out into boldness is our prayer life. The disciples' prayer in Acts 4 was based on the word. They even quoted Psalm 2. In God's word, God speaks to us and tells us what he wants us to do. True prayer is not telling God what to do, but asking him to do his will in us and through us. The same way Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6 verse 10, where he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is how our prayer should even begin. This involves getting God's will done on earth and not, not man's will done in heaven. They did not pray for their circumstances to be changed, but that God would empower them to make the best use of their circumstances and to be able to accomplish what he has already determined because it's his will. And don't you think even that's such a crazy idea? To step out in God's will and boldness because we wanna tell God how to run our lives. It's almost like the disciples had an understanding that they should never worry about their circumstances. The disciples more than anyone knew that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, and only Jesus changes things that the world thinks can't be changed. It seems like the disciples lived and prayed from this place of victory. FYI, these disciples didn't even have Paul yet. They didn't have his letters. They didn't have the letters that we get to read today. They had the Old Testament, and they were living out Acts. And friends, we get to look into the Word, and we have everything available to us to go, oh, that's happening, this is what I need to pray. Oh, that's happening, let's stand strong. Oh, that's happening, let's continue to stand strong. Philip Brooks said, nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. The early church body prayed for boldness. That crazy prayer. There's another crazy prayer in the Bible. Joshua 10 from verse 12. 
On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. Did you hear that? Son, son, stand still. Who does that? Who prays that? So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as is written in the book of Joshua. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Surely the Lord is fighting for us. The early church began their bold prayer by acknowledging who and what their God was. In Acts 4, they said when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God and said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against the anointed one. They acknowledged that God is creator, God is omniscient, and God is sovereign. So they trust God's will is being done and they're acknowledging who God is. Those are already two ways for us to pray, in, in pray in boldness and step out in boldness. There's four reasons why we should pray boldly to our Lord. The first reason, the disciples pray to a God who's all-powerful. We get to pray to a God who is all-powerful. Today, we who believe in Christ pray to the same sovereign Lord. Nothing has changed. When we're confronted with opposition and events seem to be out of control, we must prayerfully turn to the sovereign Lord. He'll walk with us through our trials. Secondly, the second reason we should pray boldly is we see in this passage that both the Jews and the Gentiles were implicated in the death of Jesus. And even though they were guilty, what they did was part of God's plan. We know that God sets the stage and sends his spirit to encourage people to do his will. No matter people's decision, God will weave all things together for his good and ours. So we get to pray confidently for all people to know God. The third reason we should pray boldly. The, the disciples prayed that they speak the word of God with confidence. We get to pray that. It will help us to pray that. It will help us be bold to pray that, Lord, may we speak your word confidently and not shy away. May we not be scared of man. Even when they were being threatened by the Sadducees and the elders and all the, that gang, they said, you decide what's best. Do we listen to you or do we listen to God? We get to ask God to help us speak the word of God to one another and to many others with confidence, telling it all, boldness. It is the word that penetrates the hearts of people everywhere. May we pray that we'll deliver the word to many using the power of the Holy Spirit that's already alive within us.
And finally, God filled the disciples with his spirit. And he fills us with the spirit to be bold in our witnessing to all people. When we pray, let's be sure to ask the spirit to enliven us so we can effectively and boldly tell others about our lives and how they've benefited, how we've benefited through our having a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Each and every person here has a testimony. And when we share our testimonies, things happen, friends. May we not cower when there's a shaking by the Spirit, but speak the word boldly, which is what happened in Acts 4 verse 31. Peter's, John's, and the disciples' boldness was a gift from God, enabled by Jesus, Jesus the Spirit in them, and received as a result of dedicated prayer. It wasn't something that they tried to achieve and accomplish by themselves. And friends, we cannot do that either. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need to pray, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and speak the word of God boldly in the name of Jesus. Unless we are divinely empowered with boldness, when we face resistance, we will deny our Lord, be ashamed of the gospel, cower in fear, or even water down the message. We need to be empowered with boldness in order to stand faithful. So then the disciples reason, since God always wins, and since his enemies always plot and scheme in vain, and since even on the account of the crucifixion, what seemed like things were going exactly as the enemy planned, they were actually really going exactly as God had planned, then we can be bold because the same thing is happening here in that scripture, but even in our own lives. We can be bold because God's enemies plot in vain. We can be bold because God's plan always takes place. And we can be bold because God answers prayers of boldness. And prayer for boldness. Friends, we can ask ourselves at the end of this, this prayer, what we pray, how we pray. Is there anything in our lives holding us back from being bolder in our witness to Jesus? And if there is, we can surrender it, we can throw it off today. So the fourth thing that can hinder us from walking in boldness is our thought life. When you think you're cold, you are cold. So don't think about it. <laughs> Romans 12 verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Anxiety, fear, doubt, shame, depression, discouragement, and jealousy are negative emotions. And we, there's actually a difference between being attacked by these things and allowing them to take us over and to rule our thought life. It is not mind over matter for the Christian. It is the continual applying of the word to pull down negative emotions. We get to pull down anxiety. We get to pull down fear because they do not belong in our lives. We get to pull down shame because we are free from shame. 
Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It makes us bold. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 offers some great advice. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. In our thought life, what kind of thinkers are we? Are we positive thinkers or negative thinkers? Are we broke or surplus thinkers? Are we poor or rich thinkers? Are we bold or fearful thinkers? Because in our prayer life, if that's going well, because we know the enemy only plots in vain, we know only God's will and his plans will succeed. That means we can be bold thinkers, positive thinkers, rich thinkers. A person with spiritual boldness has an indomitable spirit, which means they will not allow themselves to dwell on the foolishness of negative thinking as opposed to seeking the positive possibilities of life. Zig Ziglar suggests, get rid of stinking thinking. How do we speak? Do we speak negative or do we speak positive? Do we speak I can'ts or if onlys? Do we speak bold things or do we speak fearful things? Friends, we need to speak the words that we want to be true. What we're thinking and what we're speaking determines where we're living and where we're going, which is why it is so important for our thought life to line up with the word. If we want to live bold lives and pray bold prayers, it matters what we think and it matters what we give life to when we speak. Because Proverbs 18 reminds us that the tongue is the power of life and death. Life and death just in the words that come out of our mouths. When we speak fear, we'll live fear. When we speak negativity, we will live negativity because we are giving that life in our lives. There is boldness and power in an optimistic outlook. Oh, it can sound so airy-fairy. Optimism. Verse 29 of Acts 4 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Does that sound negative? Does that sound optimistic? Uh, optimism. We get to choose whether or not to be optimistic. We get to choose whether we allow rejection, setbacks, persecution, and temporary failures to spoil us, to control us, or to push us into hiding. Our inward disposition will always determine our outward look. This is why we need to be grounded in the Word. Because when we get squeezed, what comes out? The word of God or our things? 
We cannot let what's happening around us affect who's living inside of us. Because like Sean said this morning, greater is he in us, the Bible says it, he just repeated it, greater is he in us than he that is in the world. A great quote by Bill Cosby goes, is the glass half full or half empty? It depends whether you're pouring or drinking. I am not the most glass half full person. (laughs) I'm a realist, not an optimist. By nature, that is who I am. Realist, we keep it real. But that's not what God calls us to. This Yulandi standing before you today is not the Yulandi I've always been, which is a good thing. The first time I attempted public speaking, I hit such a wobble that I could never do it in my life again. And the first time I asked to preach, I think I rambled through it in like eight minutes. Because that's not my nature. It's not my nature to stand up here and speak. But it's by God's spirit that we get to step out in boldness. It's not by ourselves. But we also have to allow God's word to transform us to be more like Jesus. And Jesus seemed to have been a pretty bold guy. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. When our outlook is a reflection of God's outlook, then we're well on our way to exercising spiritual boldness. Let's stand. Take two steps to your left. Your other left, Linda. (laughs) Take two steps to your right. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to be bold, check it all about. Friends, we get to surrender the things holding us back this morning. We get to break new ground in boldness and stepping out in boldness and praying bold prayers. May God's will be achieved by, through our persecution and suffering. It's so easy for us to question what he's doing in our lives. But if we are offering ourselves up and we're saying we surrender all to you, Lord, how can we question his will? He loves us. He's good. We sang it this morning over three songs. He is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. So how can his will not be good? He cannot be one and and the other. He can only be good. I'm gonna ask us to close our eyes and just do business with God for where we've actually cowered, where we've been fearful in not stepping out in boldness, sharing the gospel, sharing his word. We are spending time in his word, but we're just keeping it to ourselves. We're keeping these little treasures to ourselves. 
I think it's, we need to ask forgiveness to the Lord for keeping it to ourselves because it's for a world, a dying world out there. Thank you, Father, that what is happening in our lives is not foreign to you. It is not a surprise to you. Things are, that are getting done against us is what your power and will has decided before, beforehand. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable us, your servants, to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miracle signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Holy Spirit, today we pray that you will empower us afresh. May we not, be, may we not get scared when this place is shaken with your spirit, but may we speak your word boldly. Thank you, Jesus, that you work all things to good in our lives. And thank you, Jesus, for new opportunities every day to share your word, Lord. And we, we pray that we will keep our eyes wide open for those opportunities. An opportunity to pray for someone, an opportunity to baptize, baptize someone in the fountain at a mall. An opportunity to share your word. May we not be flippant with your word because it's South Africa, Lord because it's so easy to just be a Christian, yeah. May we continue to hold fast to the mission that you have set before us and the race that you have set before us, Lord, and may we run it with endurance. May we not lose hope. May we not falter. May we not just like a sheep freak out. But thank you, Jesus, that you bring us closer to your heart so that we can draw others closer to your heart. I thank you, Lord, that we can surrender that, that sin of unbelief today. That you have put wise, godly people around us who we can listen to when we need to step out in boldness. I pray, Lord, and I thank you that, that we can pray bold prayers in, in private and we can step out in boldness in public. Thank you, Lord, that you want to be in relationship with us. And Lord, thank you that we can surrender our thought life to, do, to you today, Lord. That we can pull down those thoughts that don't belong. The thoughts that set us back. The thoughts that actually go against your word. And then we can fill our minds with your, your truth, Jesus. It is your truth that set people free. It is your word that set people free. And I thank you, Lord, for this freedom to do all and more than what you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website, www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.